The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. If you love me, you will do the things I command. I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper. He will give you this helper to be with you forever. The helper is the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it does not see him or know him. But you know him. He lives with you and he will be in you. I will not leave you alone like orphans. I will come back to you. In a little while, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you will live too. On that day, you will know that I am in my Father. You will know that you are in me and I am in you. He who knows my commands and obeys them is the one who loves me. And my Father will love him who loves me. I will love him and will show myself to him. The Gospel of the Lord. All right. Welcome. It's good to have you all here. Okay, come here just a second. Someone tell me, what does it mean to be a friend? What? You have a friend. Is your brother your friend? You have a friend named Jameson? What makes someone your friend? You like them a lot, okay. Do they have to like you too to be a friend? Yeah, they kind of do, don't they? What do friends do for each other? Do you have a friend, Maddie? Yeah? What's your friend's name? You have a bunch of friends. That's good. It's always good to have a bunch of friends. What, is your, what do your friends do for you? They play. How, do, how does it feel when you have a friend that's really close to you? Feels really good, doesn't it? Keeps you from feeling like you're all alone. Being all, feeling all alone is not a good thing, is it? Well, today we're going to talk about friends. And I think that when you get into your class, I want you to remember that you have friends in each other and you have a friend in the people in this church and you have a friend in Jesus who loves you. Go with God's blessing. Please be seated. Okay. Okay. Am I live now? Yeah, that sounds good. Good, good. Uh, in case you haven't guessed, we're doing something a little different today. Has everybody got one of these uh, song sheets? Does everybody over here have one of those? No, I don't think they got over onto this side. Could we get, there's a whole bunch of them back on the table back there. Could we see to it that those song sheets get distributed over on this side? 
This is a, an audience participation sermon. Um, a few stories woven around a few songs. The sermon is really in the songs. So I want everybody to have a chance to see those and join in if you want. I really encourage you to sing if you'd like. If you're not a singer, you can listen. Uh, if you want to clap, that's okay. If you want to stand up and dance in the aisles, that's okay. That's probably a stretch for Episcopalians, but, you know, it'd be all right. Um, <clears throat> the, uh, the band uh, got this, inf- this music uh, about 10 minutes ago <laughs> with uh, an invitation for them to, to join in with me as, as best they possibly can. There has been absolutely no rehearsal of any kind Uh, So we're winging it, and I have great confidence in them. Okay, everybody got the music, the song sheet? The phrase that I really want to focus on for today's sermon is that one in the middle of the lectionary. um, I will not leave you orphaned. I will come to you. The... um, the word that's translated as orphans here, that's a literal translation of the Greek word. In various translations of that text down through the centuries, some of the writers have attempted to capture not just the literal word orphan, but what that means to be orphaned in there. So you'll find translations that say, I will not abandon you. I will not forsake you. I will not leave you bereaved. I will not leave you comfortless. And I have to admit my own personal favorite is the one, I will not leave you desolate. I will come to you. Attempt to capture what it really feels like to be an orphan. To be completely and totally abandoned and alone. To have no one looking out for you, caring for you, feeding you, educating you, clothing you housing you. I happened to work with an orphanage in Tijuana and many of the kids who are in our house were simply found at the age of five, six years old, abandoned on the streets of Tijuana, scavenging for food. Jesus says, I will not leave you orphaned. I will not leave you desolate. I will come to you. There's a lot of good news in the Bible, but this is one of the best pieces of good news that there is. Now, one of the things that I've always thought was very interesting about about Jesus and the gospel story is that if we accept the fact that this man was, in fact, the son of God, then he really didn't need any help. I mean, if you're the son of God, you've kind of got the universe at your fingertips. You can do what you want. You don't really need any. He didn't really need any help to go about his ministry. But the first thing he did was gather around him a group of people to share with him in this work. Now, we're, we know about the disciples, and then there were clearly, there's this kind of gaggle of Marys that appear in the in the New Testament, and then we know about Martha, and we know about Lazarus, and we've heard about Nicodemus, and, and 
um, the, the gospel writer of Mark, we are often told through tradition, some people think that Mark was that young man who runs away naked at the end of the gospel of Mark. Oftentimes people think that by tradition, Luke was perhaps a confidant and friend of Mary since he tells her story so tenderly. So that inner circle of people around Jesus had to have been 15 to 20 people or more. People that were with him day in and day out, traveled with him, preaching, teaching, sharing his story with folks. Now we call them disciples or apostles. The early church called them saints. But I have a sneaking suspicion that Jesus simply called them his friends. And I'd like to think that uh, in addition to being a great storyteller, uh, maybe Jesus also had a nice singing voice. And maybe, maybe sometimes at the end of a long day when they kind of were relaxing, telling stories about their travels, a joke or two here and there, maybe Jesus would pick up a lute and sing them a song. They were clueless most of the time about what he was up to. Certainly clueless about the risks that were involved. But he knew, he knew that there was going to be trouble. And that they were going to probably feel at some point abandoned, orphaned, desolate. Oh, maybe he sang them a song like this one. You've got a friend in me. You've got a friend in me. When the road looks rough ahead and you're miles and miles from your nice warm bed, you just remember what your old pal said. You've got a friend in me. 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 You got in troubles, I got them too. There isn't anything I wouldn't do for you. We stick together, we can see it through. Cause you've got a friend in me. You've got a friend in me. Some other folks might be a little bit smarter than I am. Bigger and stronger too, well, maybe. But none of them will ever love you the way I do. It's me and you. And as the years go by, our friendship will never die. You're going to see it's our destiny. Because you've got a friend in me. You've got a friend in me, yeah. You've got a friend in me. I turned 18 in uh, 1968. 68, 69, 70. Uh, for those of you that are geezers like me, uh, remember probably those as pretty tumultuous times in this country. In January of 1968, the Tet Offensive took place in Vietnam. Uh, Vietnam War was, up until then, thought as something that probably is going to be won and over pretty soon. The North Vietnamese came roaring down 
uh, much the surprise of all the, the American troops and the South Vietnamese. And there were huge casualties and a real wake-up call. In March of 1968, though we wouldn't know it until much later, um, a platoon of American soldiers went into the village of My Lai and massacred 400 men, women, and children, completely out of control. On April 4th of 1968, Martin Luther King was assassinated on a hotel in Memphis, Tennessee. In June of 1968, Bobby Kennedy was assassinated at a hotel in Los Angeles. And the war raged on. I turned 18, needed to uh, register for the draft. I went before my draft board and said, I'm a conscientious objector. I personally don't find the conduct of war consistent with Christian teaching. A lovely gentleman there said, you know, this draft board has never granted a conscientious objector status to anyone, and we don't plan to start with you. We entered into a dialogue. That whole issue became moot, some of you know, because uh, my birthday, February 2nd, came up with a high number in the lottery. So I was never faced with the need to um, refuse induction and uh, go to prison. But I had friends who did that, and I had friends who died. In 1970, the war expanded into Cambodia and Laos, and on May 4th of that year, four students were killed and nine injured by the National Guard troops at Kent State University. In the midst of all this, I was going to college, trying to do my part on the home front to protest the war, pursuing my conscientious objector status with my draft board, who eventually succumbed. But I was also fell for the first time into a deep depression, something that uh, turns out to be a family inheritance. I'm sure some of you know about that. Uh, after a long stretch of sleepless nights, I was roaming the uh, streets of Tempe, Arizona, when it became clear to me that I needed help. And I, at about 2.30 in the morning, I called my pastor at the United Methodist Church, a man that I had known since I was in junior high school, and he answered the phone and talked to me, and not only did he say to me, you got a friend in me, but he said, where are you? And he came and got me in the middle of the night, took me home. And over the weeks that came, um, I gradually began to heal some of those wounds, um, and he was able to convince me that I had a friend in him and that I also had a friend in Jesus. And that took me back to one of those songs of my childhood. Um, I think maybe some of you know it. What a friend we have in Jesus All our sins and griefs to bear what to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. Oh, because we do not carry everything 
sing to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful? sorrow share. Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Are we weak and heavy laden? Comfort with a load of care. Precious Savior, still our refuge. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Do thy friends despise, forsake thee. Take it to the Lord in prayer. In his arms he'll take and shield thee. We'll find some solace there. A number of years later, uh, when I was the United Methodist pastor at a, a church in Oroville, California, we were fortunate enough to have a large Hmong community there who found their way to the church. Uh, the Hmong people were, had been resident in the hill country of Laos, Cambodia, and Vietnam and had been allies of ours in the fight against the North Vietnamese and the Chinese. They had fought valiantly with us, uh, but when Saigon fell and, uh, and South Vietnam, Vietnam fell under North Vietnamese control, um, they systematically set about finding the Hmong fighters and eliminating them. And large numbers of them in desperate um, for their lives, fled their homes, and went through the jungles trying to get across uh, a river to a refugee camps where they could be saved. I had many conversations with folks, many of the Hmong folk, telling horrid tales of death in the jungles and how few people who left their villages survived. Uh, some of the people who made it to the refugee camps made it to the United States. Some of the people who made it to the United States made it to Oroville. And some of the people who made it to Oroville made it to the First United Methodist Church, largely because we had a preschool. And they were uh, very aware that if their children were to thrive in this country, they needed an education. They were also spiritually hungry people. They had come from an animistic tradition, which meant that the gods that they worshipped and revered were a part of the countryside. They were in the mountains. They were in the river. They were in the sky and the trees and the rocks. And so when they left that part of the world, they left their gods behind and felt spiritually bereft and abandoned and were hungry for some kind of spiritual grounding. I taught a Bible study along with a gentleman by the name of Joe Vang Sang. I, it was Christianity 101. Most of these people had no background, no awareness, no knowledge of Christianity. We just pared it down to the essentials 
and did this uh, Bible study class. After one of the Bible study classes, a gentleman came up to Joe and took him aside to the corner of the room and was obviously reaming him out. You know, there's a way you can tell. It doesn't matter what language they're fighting in. You know, it comes through. You don't have to know the words. So I was thinking, oh my God, what have I done? What kind of cultural line did I cross? How, how did I offend this gentleman? And I, you know, I know I'm an insensitive person. I don't understand this culture and I hope we can heal these wounds. And finally the guy left and I went up to Joe and I said, well, what, what was that about? He said, it's okay, it's all fine. I said, well, Joe, tell me what, what happened? He said, that it's my cousin. He's my cousin, and, and he's really, really mad at me. I said, why? He said, he wanted to know how long I have known about this and not told him. <laughs> and my eyes were opened, I think almost for the first time, to what the gospel looks like when you come to it new, from a place of pain with a deep spiritual hunger. Unlike most of us who come to it from a place of comfort with a vague spiritual thirst. For these people, it was thrilling, life-saving, life-transforming. I think maybe it sounded a bit like this old country song. I have found a friend in Jesus, he's everything to me. He's the fairest of 10,000 to my soul. The lily of the valley, in him alone I see. All I need to cleanse and make me fully whole. In sorrow he's my comfort, in trouble he's my stay. He tells me every care on him to roll. He's the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul. He, he all my grief has taken and all my sorrows borne. In temptation, he's my strong and mighty power. I've all of him forsaken and all my idols torn from my heart, and now he keeps me by his power. Though all the world forsake me and Satan tempt me sore, through Jesus I shall safely reach the goal. He's the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of 10,000 to my soul. He'll never, never leave me, nor yet forsake me here, while I live by faith and do his blessed will. A wall of fire about me, I've nothing now to fear. From this manna he my hungry soul shall fill. Then sweeping up to glory to see his blessed face, where rivers of delight shall ever roll. 
He's the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of 10,000 to my soul. A um, hundred years ago, there was another war in Europe. The war to end all wars, they called it. Didn't quite turn out that way. It was a brutal and ugly war. There were two young men, friends from childhood, who had enlisted together and who ended up in the European front together in the same platoon. And one day when they were ordered out into no man's land to attempt to uh, take a small stretch of ground out there, which they figured was probably fruitless. They went out anyway and shortly, um, obstructed by barbed wire and machine gun fire, they gave up and went crawling back into their trench. One guy rolled over the edge of the trench, fell to the bottom and sat there, took a look around and realized his friend wasn't anywhere to be seen. He walked a little ways down one direction and then the other and figured he must be out in no man's land somewhere. So he began to scramble up the side of the trench. His commanding officer grabbed him and said, what the hell are you doing? He said, my buddy's out there. I said, I'm going to go get him. He said, no, you're not. If your buddy's out there, he's dead or near dead, and there's nothing you can do about it. Stupid to go out there. As soon as the officer turned his back, he scrambled up over the edge of the berm and was out into no man's land, crawling out there looking for his friend. About 10 minutes later, he comes crawling back, dragging the body of his friend behind him, falls down into the trench, pulls the body of his friend over and sits there cradling him in his arms and his officer leans over and says, I told you, told you that was stupid. Risk your life like that for nothing. Looked up at him and said it wasn't for nothing. When I got there, he was still alive. And he said to me, I knew you'd come. I will not leave you desolate. I will come to you. That's the promise of the gospel. When you're down and troubled and you need a helping hand and nothing oh nothing is going right close your eyes and think of me and soon I will be there to brighten up even your darkest night you just call out my name and you know wherever i am i'll come running to see you again winter spring summer or fall all you gotta do is call and I'll be there, yes I will. You've got a friend. 
If the sky above you should turn dark and full of clouds, and that old north wind should begin to blow, keep your head together now and call my name out loud. Soon you'll hear me knocking upon your door. You just call out my name, and you know wherever I am, I'll come running to see you again. Winter, spring, summer, or fall, all you gotta do is call, and I'll be there, yes I will got a friend now ain't it good to know that you've got a friend when people can be so cold they'll hurt you yes and desert you they'll take your soul if you let them oh but don't you let them you just call out my name and you know wherever I am, I'll come running to see you again. Winter, spring, summer, or fall, all you gotta do is call, and I'll be there, yes I will, you've got a friend. Got a friend, oh yes, you do. You've got a friend. Please stand as together we affirm our faith. You, O God, are supreme and holy. You create our world and give us life. 